0: It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto. Bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at Save My Pet.com. IDtag.com
1: Pause up pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's four-Legged Life show. Yep, it's me, Arden Moore. Hey, our first guest definitely know how to make people smile and feel loved. They are this year's pet partners pet of the Year team. Please give pause and applause to Lindsay Wallace. And her multi-talented dog with a really cool name, Rye Guy. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having us. What?
2: I, I gotta say, Rye Guy? I mean, are you into bread or what's what's the deal? I got him when he was about seven or eight months old and his letter name was Rye. And they named him that because he kind of looks like Rye bread. <laughs> All right.
1: Pet Partners is an organization near and dear to my heart. Because I have a certified, or I guess they call it registered therapy dog and a registered therapy cat, Kona and Casey. But you guys won the big award in 2023. So, I mean, there's the academies, there's Emmys, there's global wins. But come on, being therapy pet of the year, that's pretty nice.
2: Yeah, I I couldn't believe that that was that it was even in our future. We got nominated because we have an Instagram page. And, and you got to tell us what is it slowly? Rye Guy 0122. Two. <laughs> OK, OK, we got it. IG, OK. And then he we, we post different stuff because we do competitive agility in Frisbee and we also do therapy work. And we got nominated from someone in pet partners that were like, we really think you should you should try out for this. And I'm like, I have never fundraised before in my life. I don't, you know, last time I did this, I was selling chocolates door to door when I was in elementary school. We'll give it a go. Oh. And we have a big community of dog sport people, therapy dog people, pet owners. We'll see how it goes. And I'm happy that I took the plunge. It was a lot of work. But I mean, when you have someone like Rye, he kind of yeah. makes it.
1: <laughs> Does he have a Rye sense of humor? You know, I was going to ask you that.
2: He- <laughs> He is so funny. Australian shepherds are great. Like he doesn't take himself too seriously. Before we go into the ring for agility, for example, he's like rolling around itching his back. All the dogs. <laughs> are Real intense. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> he's chill. So let's step back a little bit. So this Pet Partners is a international therapy group. Pets, dogs, cats are involved in other critters. And how much money did you raise and how did you do it?
2: Yeah, we raised $14,000 in wow. a six-week competition period. Six and weeks? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we did it by mostly just reaching out to everyone that we knew Rye has met or people that we knew loved therapy dogs or people that we knew loved dogs and kind of just told them that like Pet Partners provides not only the registration process for therapy dogs, but the continued education and the promotion of to, to do therapy animal work right. Right. And you know, the more I kind of told people about what we do, they were like, oh, I didn't even know there was a registering body, you know, if they're not in therapy work or I didn't know they also did education. And I think that made a huge difference educating them about pet partners. But we out to, you know, not only just friends and family. I think we had, I wanted to say I counted like 160 individual donors. Nice. Um, did well, you we get had- any little kids that donated? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my penny jar. <laughs> I think the biggest thing was that we had really amazing community support from some businesses. Our biggest donor was our local restaurant tap house. It's also our favorite restaurant, and we in the summertime we like to bring the dogs there on their patio. They donated three thousand dollars. Like, wow! With much And effort. you're are you in Minneapolis? Is that where you are? We are in Rochester, Minnesota.
1: Okay, Rochester. Oh, I, yes, we'll get into that in a minute because there's the four letter word that's there and it starts with M and ends in O when we're talking Mayo, right? Yeah. So I want to just backtrack. So, how long have you and Rye Guy been a therapy team? Since 2019. Okay. And you're also a therapy team evaluator. Is that the right term?
2: Yeah, I actually because I, I, I like teaching and I like helping and kind of instructing. So it was helpful for me to take on a bigger role. And so I decided to take extra training and be an evaluator as well. And for those that tune in on our YouTube, I'm laughing because
1: I don't know why, but Pet Safety Cat Casey, who's also a therapy pet, is sitting next to the mic purring. I think he's digging Rye Guy. <laughs> well, I mean, they're both the right color. They're both kind of that orangey red <laughs> All right, so you've you've been the 2023. What does that mean? I mean, what have you done with that? I mean, it's a great way, a great platform to get the word out about therapy teams.
2: Yeah, it's been awesome. I did not one. I did not think that we were gonna win. I mean, I just continued trying and I worked hard and just assumed I'll give it my absolute best effort and I'll know I'll feel good about that. (laughs) And then as we won, I was like, wow, there's a lot of things you have to do. (laughs) Different shows, different podcasts, like that. different news events. And a big thing was even just getting the a cool photo shoot. We got to do a photo shoot with him and his cool, you know, huge ribbon he gets to wear. They even made a, you know, the t-shirts with his little cartoon face on it. And, you know, it, it was actually really special because one of the boys that Rai had met, he was getting care at Mayo and he was coming through the airport. ride had seen him in the airport and actually also saw him at the hospital. So that was kind of cool. And he and his mom, we've seen them routinely. They gave us a shirt about a fundraiser that they had done for their son. And I was like, "And I know that the winner of Pet Partner, Pet of the Year, will get their cartoon shirt. And that's why I wanted to win. Like, that was the reason. Because I was like, I want him to have a shirt with Rise Face on it. Of course, I could make it. It's nothing like a trophy, you know, like. No, it's better able- than a trophy. You can wear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't collect dust. Huge <laughs> yeah. push for me because I was like, I want to give that back to him in the same way that they gave it to us. And we also made T-shirts to help fundraise, too. You know, they have a pet Partners has a connection with Bonfire and you can design your own shirt. So we designed like a, a general shirt for Fry and his mom, Jai, who also was a therapy dog. And wait a minute. His- wait a minute. His mom is what's the name? Jive, like the hand jive?
1: (laughs) Okay. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Hey, everyone, we're speaking with Rye Guy. He's very quiet right now at the moment. And Lindsay uh, Wallace, they are the 2023 Pet Partner Therapy Pet of the Year And this dog is very amazing. We're going to find out a little bit more about what he does because he's a therapy dog, but he's also a jack on four legs. So you all know the drill. We're going to sit, stay. We'll be right back.
0: This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And now you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Bringing out the best in pets and their people, this is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life.
3: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a
0: happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
1: Welcome back to the Four Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're speaking with Lindsay Wallace. She has teamed up with an amazing dog named Rye Guy. He is the 2023 Pet Partners Therapy Pet of the Year. And quickly for people, therapy dogs, therapy cats, they come in all different sizes, shapes, and attitudes. What makes Rye Guy such a natural therapy dog?
2: Yeah, he actually has been an old soul since he was a pup. We got him in months and I remember just seeing him in the beginning. The breeder was like, you know, I normally don't home Aussies to apartments. That's like not a really good match usually, but he is just so calm. He's very sweet. And so, you know, as soon as I started to get to know him, you know, within his first couple of years, I was like, man, he really likes people and he's just a gentle soul and he's always been you know he hasn't been one that jumps like crazy or barks a lot he's always been very calm and you know you just feel at home when you're with yeah. him i've heard people tell me they're like i feel like he's like a, a reincarnated someone he's very special wow. he's someone and you know he kind of looks at you like a person a little bit when he talk to he him he does i feel like he and i are buds
1: now and just through the screen <laughs> One thing that I was really touched is that you are in Rochester, Minnesota with the Stellar Mayo Clinic. So let's talk about that. But also people are going to the Mayo Clinic. They're landing at the airport. Tell us what uh, role Rye Guy has at the airport.
2: Yeah. So the airport's a great place to start if you're a new therapy dog team. I We kind of started there early in our journey, which was great. And it's because it's not it's not a huge airport and it's not so small that there's no one there, you know, there's, <laughs> but there are a lot of them are actually there because they're transferring back and forth to Mayo Clinic for various reasons. And that's whether, stressful, isn't that? Yeah. Whether it's good news or bad news, a lot of times it's just very stressful. Many times we've met people where they're like, you know, I just got the worst news ever and it's I miss my dog so much. And it's been great, you know, to see such a fluffy therapy dog or they'll say, <laughs> Like you know, I have an Australian Shepherd at home. I miss them so much, and you know whether they bond because of the breed or because he's just a dog. It, and he has he- a
1: natural smile. He's smiling the whole time right now.
2: Yeah, he looks right at you, but not in an intimidating way. You know, he looks right at you and just is like, "I'm looking at you, and I, I, I love you. I love who you are." And I, there are so many people we've met through the airport that you know I didn't realize how many lives we would touch, but he picks out people too at the airport we'll walk by and we kind of just look to see who looks at us and he will usually find people where he's like no this one i want to say hi to this one and i'm like i don't know if they want to say hi to you so then we go up and ask and they're like oh i've just been so stressed you know and i'm like man he found them like he knew so he's wearing what is he wearing
1: and how do you get into the airport without a lot of hassle
2: oh at the airport yeah Yeah. Whereas usually you just don't a- have a
1: ticket. <laughs>
2: yeah. So go through a special background check. I do. He kind of does, I guess. Um, but I do fingerprinting and all that sort. So I have a special badge that gives me certain access. We okay. go through pretty He His collar always beeps. So one of the lucky TSA people get to pat him down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually kind of nice. They test my hands and stuff, of course, every time we go through. But they know us now well enough where we know the drill. Ryan knows the right. drill. And then, you know, it's pretty easy. It's actually with how comfortable that airport is. It's not Mm -hmm. intimidating.
1: So does he have a jacket? What's he wearing? What's he wearing to show that he's a therapy dog?
2: So he actually doesn't always wear anything in particular. We did have a vest that said, you know, like the Mayo Clinic in Mm -hmm. particular program that he can wear a vest. But I found that it kind of got in the way of people petting him. Because he's Um, so fluffy. (laughs) (laughs) They have little bandanas that say carrying tails. So he'll wear bandana. And then I have a shirt that says Caring Tails volunteer. Okay. So that, okay. Yep. All right.
1: So at the hospital, I mean, that's pretty serious things. Does he see all different ages, kids, older people?
2: He, um, we started out seeing a variety of different people and he, I found that he actually likes kids the best. Okay, um, Kind of interesting because I naturally am not, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with kids and <laughs> For me, I was like, you know, we got asked because he does a ton of tricks. So we were doing tricks in the patient rooms and patients' families loved it. And it became a very quick story that went around that there's this therapy dog who does tricks. Give us and a few uh, Rye Guy tricks. What does he do? He does like he'll jump on my back. He'll okay. jump through folded arms and he'll do the circled arms for for kids, too. He'll walk between your legs and walk on your toes. <laughs> um, yeah and he'll do that one for the kids and they love it whether they have shoes on or not he'll do it as long does as he ever child- go over the
1: shoulder hug
2: has he done that oh, actually he's not we haven't trained that one but a lot of people recommended that one so i think that one has to be on our list <laughs> okay how much does he weigh he is about eight pounds okay okay how go much on. pounds how much about
1: 48 oh okay so how's your back <laughs>
2: a lot of training to make sure that he knows where to step. He's kind of like, you know, an elephant on a pedestal. Um, (laughs) But yeah, favorite one to do with the kids. He likes this one. Yeah. and
1: And see, I think that makes, you know, this, we have chemistry in our brain, you know, this. And when people are sick and not feeling well, he's releasing all those feel good hormones, isn't he?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, like there was a patient that actually told us one time, It was before we did the kids stuff, but they were like, I can feel the pain leaving my body as I pet him. Wow. Never forget that moment. Like I have that whole vision imprinted in my brain. And I'm like, that's why we do this. You know, I have a full-time job. I'm a physician. What do you do? What do you do? I'm a physician assistant in the medical ICU. And so during COVID, that was very stressful. And it was hard to juggle a lot of other things. But volunteering is even though it's an extra thing in the schedule, it is so rewarding. And that, so I really made the time to do it because it's fun with him and it's fun to see how shappy we can make people. So, well, what
1: message do you want to give folks? I'm, I'm lucky that my dog Kona and my cat Casey are therapy pets. And I, it's the give back to see everything that they do for people. And, you know, um, but what's your message to people? Maybe they might have a therapy dog in the making, right?
2: Yeah, I would say, you know, you'd be surprised. I think the biggest thing is, do you, does your animal like to, to be interactive with people? And not in an over-exuberant way, because right. of, but the biggest part is, can you read their body language? Like, I can see him in the camera looking at me now. Um, oh, yeah. He's watching you. Yeah. Uh, but he's very, you can see that he's been very antsy, right? Like he's like, I'm sitting in one spot. I kind of want to do things. Right. So I know that he probably needs some kind of direction or something. Right. So a big part of therapy work is truly bonded with your animal and knowing how to read when they're comfortable, when they're happy, when they're not happy, when they're a little bit and what to do for them. I think that is the part that when we first started, I didn't realize how important that was. And that is ultimately what will make you a successful team if you if you get into it.
1: And I do know you can go to petpartners.org, I believe that's the website.
2: How do people follow Rye Guy? So Rye is on Instagram. So okay. you can find it's an open you know public page. We made it just so that people can follow along if they want. There's a, a, variety, a smattering of therapy dog things versus things about even his competitions or even his moms. She's been a very accomplished agility dog so far. So there's a lot about her.
1: Hey, yeah. I really appreciate having you both on. And I, I give you pause and applause for all you're doing for making us humans feel better. And Rye right Guy, you rock. You rock, man.
0: You know, people ask all the time, what do you do with the parts of the interviews that you don't have time for on the radio? Well, good question. We post video versions online on our Four-Legged Life YouTube and Rumble channels. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life, and we've got to give pause and applause to our December digital newsletter monthly winners. The prize? A full year of flea and tick protection from our good friends at Tevra Pet. Our cat winner was Teresa Maurer. Our dog winner was Karen Kachaki. Congratulations from Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And if you want to win our next contest, head over to fourleggedlife.com, fill out the quick form, and get yourself subscribed to our monthly newsletter. We've got winners every month. We'll see you there.
1: Welcome back to the Four-Legged Live Show. Yep, it's me, Arden Moore. Now, I must confess, for the first time on the show, I'm going to mention two words I've never said on the air. Bearded dragons. But even though my knowledge of bearded dragons as pets is quite anemic, we are in good fortune because today we are going to be schooled about this very popular pet reptile, from one of the country's top veterinarians in the world of exotic pets. Please, at this time, welcome to the show the owner and head veterinarian at the Avian and Exotic Animal Hospital in Cooler, Georgia, Dr. Stacy Wilkinson. Welcome to the show, Dr. Stacy. Hi, thank you for having me. Okay. You had me at Bearded Dragon. You had me at Bearded Dragon. I mean, what a cool gig you have. I love veterinarians. Uh, A lot of my friends and then have been guests on the show are talking dogs. They're talking cats. But, you know, iguanas and birds and bearded dragons. Oh, my. I I really do have to ask you, how did were you a little girl saying when I grow up, I (laughs) want to
3: specialize in bearded dragons? Well, for a minute. (laughs) So, yes, I am one of those that when I was like nine, I think nine or ten. Decided I was going to be a vet and that was it. So, so yes, but when I was a little girl, I was all about kittens. So, so that changed to reptiles, probably white, but when I was in high school, is when really? I started getting really interested in reptiles. Yeah, I asked my mom for an iguana and she said no, which was very smart of her. At but the it time. doesn't bark. Um, <laughs> she was like, it's going to be six feet long and 20 pounds and live for 20 years and you're going away to college in four years. No. <laughs> I hate when moms are smart. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was in college in undergrad, uh, we had a herp collection on campus, my on-campus job. And so that's where I really got, because I knew I was going to go to vet school, but that's where I really got into like, oh, I think this is what I want to do uh, with exotics instead of dogs and cats. And I had a couple of friends that had pet birds And that's where I really started like, okay, this is what I want to do. Let me look at different schools. And what can I do if I want to do exotics rather than dogs and cats? That's cool.
1: So you were teeing you up because, yes, you take care of a lot of different exotic animals, but you're going to be speaking about bearded dragons at a big veterinary conference. Can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah. So VMX is typically, it's usually the first conference of the year. Uh, In like the veterinary community, it's always in January and it's also always the biggest. It is humongous. So usually like 15,000 people, like not all vets, practice managers, technicians, students too, but it has grown through the years. The BMX people can correct me, but I think last year it was like 19,000 or something like that. So, so I've spoken there. This will be my fifth year. Hey, if you were on Saturday Night Live,
1: you'd get a, you'd get a, oh, that's right. I would.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I spoke for the first time in 2016, I think 2016 or 2017. And so it's grown a lot over the years, but the part of the reason, like one of the reasons I love speaking there, and I'm sure other specialists like speaking there too, is that, you know, I'm, this is all I do. So I am a specialist, but at my practice, I'm also a generalist. Like I, you know, I am, I'm a primary care vet for people too. And so being able to kind of, Spread knowledge to other veterinarians who I like, like that. What I get are people who like want to see more reptiles in their practice and they want to incorporate reptiles and, you know, or birds and small mammals and stuff like that. And so how they come to learn the kind of latest and greatest and the newest stuff. And that's what BMX tries to do too, is, you know, by bringing together yeah. experts and specialists for us to kind of spread, spread the knowledge of speaking. Hey, <laughs> speak. Knowledge is power, you know.
1: So, all right, I admitted, confessed to you, I know nada about bearded dragons. I did some research, and definitely you said they should not be eating 50 crickets a day, (laughs) and you want them to avoid, I would hate this syndrome, tail rot. (laughs) All right, talk this food and then tail rot
3: for 200,
1: please, Dr. Stacey. Yeah. So,
3: so this, uh, the talk that I'm doing about bearded dragons is kind of <laughs> the top like myths that we hear kind of okay. from the internet and groups and stuff like that. So clients come in and they, you know, they're feeding, you know, 30 crickets three times a day or stuff like this, or like they come ask, tail rot's a common one. And most of us that treat reptiles, we don't like that you get a lot of colloquial terms that. <laughs> what is what is actually, tail rock well, no, it's act, what it actually is is tail tip necrosis so the, okay. t- the tissue at the end of the tail dies usually because when these guys are babies and they're in pet stores or at breeders and stuff together, when they see movement they think it's food and they go after it and so they uh, commonly bite each other's tail tips and toes and stuff like that. Or you can have injuries like the tip of the tail gets shut in the cage door or something like that. And so if that happens, then the blood supply dies and the tissue dies. And so it looks black and hard. Well, the thing about bearded dragons is they also have, they have stripes on their tails and their tails naturally get darker as it goes toward the end. So people see that the end of the tail looks dark and they think that there's a problem with it when usually it's it's not. Usually it's totally fine. But when it is, then we do need to address it. And so we get a lot of visits that are for tail rod. And I'm like, no, his tail is actually totally normal. That's what it's supposed to look like. Because people will post pictures on the internet and ask, and people will tell them, oh, that's kill rat, or oh, your beard is dehydrated, or oh, your beard is too skinny. And that's how a lot of these myths get perpetuated. So,
1: well, we got the real skinny... From an exotic veterinarian, and that's mm-hmm. you, Dr. Mm-hmm. Stacey Wilkinson. Let's talk about food. I feel bad for crickets right now, but what are some things a, a bearded dragon would be like at a Thanksgiving feast? What would be <laughs> the bearded dragon's, oh my gosh,
3: this is the best meal ever? Yeah, best meal ever. And they would probably say superworms or hornworms, but oh <laughs>
1: they're not um. my choices. <laughs>
3: So the biggest thing is that beardies, when they're babies, they grow super fast from birth to like about age one. And then they're pretty much their adult size. And so people like to watch their pets eat. And so they throw the bugs in and the beardies going crazy, you know, scooping them all up. And then we see a lot now and it's gotten worse and worse and worse in my career with a lot of pet bearded dragons are obese or they grow too fast. And it's bad for their liver. We see a lot of fatty liver disease and yeah health issues from that. And
1: so you don't do any body shaming when they come in, do you?
3: No, but we okay. do tell them like, yes. So we need to cut back a little or he's a little chubby. <laughs> um, but then we show people like, okay, this is what I'm looking at. This is how I can tell. And so this is what we need to kind of cut back on. And so they like they sh- they're omnivores, so they should have insects, but we try to do a variety. And so superworms are very high in fat, so we try to do some things that are lower fat. But then they should be getting plant material too, so dark leafy greens and some vegetables and stuff like that. And so when they're young, they tend to like the bugs. And then as they get older, they should be eating more of the salad items. And so we have to kind of teach them how to do that and transition so that when they get to be adults, they're not still eating. 20, 30 right. inches every day. Yeah, <laughs> and I know that it's very important to select good vegetables
1: and fruits that are no pesticides. Right, mm-hmm. make sure check it out. Rinse them, wash them. Yeah, wash them. Off. them to- yep. <laughs> okay. How big does a beard bearded dragon become? Is it going to be on a on a movie now, making King Kong look small?
3: Or what? <laughs> no, that's part of the reason that they're so popular. Honestly, is because they stay fairly small, so they're about two feet like from nose tip to tail tip. So body, you know, about 10 to 12 inches, tail about 10 to 12 inches. Yeah. So. And how much do they weigh? So about a pound, I would say. So, cause for us, usually 400 to 600 grams is, Mm -hmm. you know, what we're, what we're looking at. So yeah, around a pound, a little over a pound for a big boy. (laughs)
1: So, everyone, we are diving in deep about everything as a bearded dragon pet with one of the experts in our country. She is an expert in exotic pets, and she runs her own practice. It is Avian and Exotic Animal Hospital in Georgia. We're speaking with Dr. Stacy Wilkinson. So when we come back, we're going to find out some more uh, myth-busting facts from the good doctor about bearded dragons. So everybody just... I normally say sit and stay, but I don't know if a bearded dragon can, but we hope. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm speaking with Dr. Stacy Wilkinson. She's a veterinarian in practice, owns her own place. It is called the Avian and Exotic Animal Hospital in Pooler, Georgia. That sounds cool. Pooler, Georgia. Where the heck is that? It's right outside Savannah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah. in Savannah in March. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful area. Mm-hmm. Now, I just have to ask you personally, I know you're you have a family, Mm -hmm. And uh, you sent me a picture of this cute little boy holding a bearded dragon. There's a little nepotism going on. Who is that person (laughs) and what's going on?
3: Yes, (laughs) that was my son. (laughs) And what's his name? His name is Bill. I think he was about four in that picture. He's six now. But that's one of his favorite things when he comes to the office is to come inside and see the animals Can I come inside and see the animals? And then, of course, he wants to hold things and pet things and stuff that can be. He got your exotic genes. Yes.
1: So let's talk about the personality because I've been told they're a very
3: popular reptile pet. Why? Part of the reason, like we're talking about how they stay kind of small and they're very calm. They're very tolerant. So they really don't care. Like you joked about, can they sit and stay? Well, they (laughs) they pretty much do. Like they pretty much sit wherever you put them. Not so. (laughs) They'll see people like that's one of the things people look forward to when their beardies grown as an adult is you just pop them on your shoulder and sit on the couch and watch TV or walk around your house doing whatever and they just stay there. Like they don't care. They're very tolerant of handling. They don't seem to mind kind of whatever you do. They like to come out and, you know, walk around and sit in the window and sun and stuff like that. But they're very calm. They hardly ever bite. Like. So that's part of the reason that they're so popular. So they're not harassing the FedEx guy? No. <laughs> no.
1: But what about how do they how do they mingle with like cats or dogs? What's your costume? Uh,
3: so most of the time you're gonna need to kind of watch your cat or dog, like because of their personality. Like if you have a dog that likes to chase, you know, small animals or stuff like that. Cause the bearded dragon, like a lot of times doesn't care. (laughs) so like They'll just be hanging out on the floor and you have to make sure that your other pet isn't going to hurt them. There are some that might be scared and try to run or that, like, especially when they're babies, they are prey animals. So when they're in their enclosure, like if you have a cat, that's going to sit and stare at it, you know, or something. That's rude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you have to keep the cat from doing that. The beardy doesn't like it, but for the most part, they're just so chill that they don't really care about that kind of stuff. (laughs) So I've always been dying to
1: ask an exotic veterinarian, let's talk poop. Kitties have litter boxes. Dogs go outside. Mm-hmm. What kind of substrate do beardies go to the bathroom in? Or do they need their own little private bathroom with a door drawn? Or give us some do's and don'ts on am Evacuation yeah, so of the bars. There's
3: a lot of different ways <laughs> to do it with a bearded dragon. So okay, um, so substrate is going to be a very controversial topic among bearded dragon owners because oh there. Are I some, did not realize on the yeah, show no, I was going to no, get into controversy there are with some bearded dragons. That, that um, are going to advocate for naturalistic type enclosures, so like a bioactive setup or sand, like play sand or stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then there are the people who are going to advocate for keep it clean, keep it tidy. What's easiest for the owner to do? A lot of people do tile or shelf liner, newspaper, paper towels, reptile, carpet, things like that that are non-particulate. And my opinion is that with a bearded dragon, any of those usually are fine. It's kind of whatever the owner is committed to, you know? So yeah, a lot of people like the sand, but then some people don't want to clean that up. And so if it's going to make them not take care of their animal then the easier thing for them to keep it cleaner is going to be better for that animal and keeping it healthy. So beardies usually are going to poop in their enclosure kind of wherever they want to. Oh, but- they don't like just go in the back corner. They yeah, just Yeah, a lot of lizards drop, <laughs> kind of pick a favorite corner. A lot of lizards like to poop in their water bowl. Oh, so great. They will sit in their water bowl and poop there, which there's a <laughs> pack tail. <laughs> <out. Yeah. laughs> and then that's something else we do with them is we soak them regularly for hydration so oh really once so a week we give a bath like to and they kind of sit like water like up to their hips and a lot of them will poop when they're soaking so that's how we if we need to get a fecal sample from a reptile that's a lot of times what we'll do is we'll put them in a little warm water bath so we can get a poop sample at the vet. <laughs> or like that commercial says enjoy the go right you know <laughs> so how long do they live uh, so, approximately 10 years is, is I would say, eight to 10 wow. is average. My personal record patient was 16. She just passed actually a few months ago. Was uh, the name Methuselah? It was Queenie. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's, she is one of my favorites. But so they can. But I would say that a little caveat to that now is that bearded dragons are so popular and they are so heavily bred. And there's a lot of fancy color morphs and stuff like that, that we do see more health conditions at younger ages with certain color, color patterns and color morphs and stuff like that. So we do see a lot of, unfortunately, like cancers and bad things at age like four and five and stuff like that.
1: Well, you touched upon some, but maybe people aren't aware of you. I take my dog and cat to semi-annual exams Mm -hmm. and they get their needed vaccinations You need to take your bearded to see a doctor like Dr. Wilkinson, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. They just don't hang out at home, right?
3: Right. So a lot of people think that like, because your dog or cat needs vaccines, that that's why you should take them in. But really the most important part of what we do is the physical exam. So where we're examining the animal and listening to the heart and lungs and feeling the abdomen and looking in the mouth and that kind of thing. And with reptiles, one of the things that we do is we go through your complete husbandry. So what are your temperatures? What lights do you have? What are you feeding it? Oh, that's we important. Kind of yeah. Cause make sure that you're okay. starting you out on the right foot. And then, cause that's with repels, that's how you keep them healthy is to take care of them properly. And so that's our goal. I tell people all the time, my mm-hmm. goal is to see you once a year for a wellness visit. Like, okay. I do I don't want to see you in between because that means your animal's not sick. Like <laughs> so, so that's something we do with reptiles. And then fecal exams, like we we're talking about, are really important because we do see a lot of parasites with these guys. And just because they aren't getting vaccines, like you know, there there are other things that we want to see them for and that we're looking for. And we do like wellness blood work with reptiles. Again, reptiles are weird; their blood work parameters can change based on the season and time of year. Wow gender and stuff like that so it's nice to have a baseline when they're healthy so those are some of the things we do uh, for these guys yeah mm-hmm.
1: now do you at home what's your personal pet rundown what do you have
3: yeah, yeah uh so currently we have a dog and a cat and we'll always have a dog and a cat um and then we have uh a lot of reptiles so <laughs> come on a little son bill he has uh, rubber bows and then we have. Wait a minute. What's a yeah. rubber boa? <laughs> it's a boa, um, a native boa to the U S. They're like a little brown snake. Um, okay. but they are, they're also like super docile and never bite. Oh, so wow. that's what we got him when he was little so that he could have a snake that he could hold. So. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> what <laughs> so else? We have some prehensile tailed skinks. We have some. I things. would hate to be I a species horses. named skinks. <laughs> Wouldn't you? What's a skink? (laughs) These guys are, they're kind of green and black and brown pattern. And then they've got a long tail. So if you're familiar with like a blue tongue skink, so same sort of family, but they've got a long, prehensile tail. So okay, they're an arboreal animal. We've got painting tortoises. Wow. We've got, yeah, we have a lychee gecko. We got some frogs. We got some Amazon milk frogs. Yep. And if bearded
1: dragons could talk and were guests on the show, what would they say to us about
3: us humans? Why do they hang with us? Because we give them food and we give them cushy things to lay on. <laughs> <laughs> that is what they like. I always joke that the the bearded dragons we have in the U.S. are not the same as the wild Australian okay. animal. <laughs> They do. They like pillows. They like hammocks. They're, oh, I think they're pretty so many cool, hammocks. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I've learned so much
1: about bearded dragons. And I also want to salute you, Dr. Wilkinson, for all that you're doing, because veterinarians, you know, we treat all different kinds of companion pets. And so I appreciate so much. You were my first bearded dragon interview ever. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, that's it for our show today. I can't believe the time went by so quickly. I want to give pause up to our special guest, Dr. Stacey Wilkinson. She is our bearded dragon expert extraordinaire and Lindsay Wallace. And of course, her cool dog, Rye guy. Big thanks to all the great radio stations coast to coast for airing our show and to you pet pals. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's easy. Arden Moore. You can do it. And check out fourleggedlife.com. I'm also a pet first aid instructor with a real dog, a real cat. Check out Pet First Aid for you. And until next time, this is your host Arden Moore saying to all you two, three, and four leggers out there, pause up.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at savemypetidtag.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week. Got dog. Got cat. One of the best ways to show your pet how much you love them is to take a pet first aid class. Arden Moore is a master certified pet first aid CPR instructor and founder of Pet First Aid for You.
3: Very cool!
0: These classes are fun and practical and feature pet safety dog Kona and cat Casey. No way. Yes, a real dog and cat teaching duo. Wait,
3: Wait. what?
0: All classes are veterinarian approved and are available in person or via Zoom. Ready to sign up for a class? Sorry, It's just for people. Arden Moore's Pet First Aid for You classes are proudly supported by Zinzi Pies Save My Pet ID Tags. Pet parents who wear Zinzi Pies Save My Pet ID Tags in bracelet, keychain, and pendant versions are assured that their beloved fur babies will continue to receive the loving care that they deserve, even if the pet parents are not able to provide it. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com.